Could you pray? Yeah, sure. Okay. Thank you, God, for this time that we have together um, that we can just break from our lives to come together and um, learn from you. And I pray that um, you would give us understanding and wisdom and humility and that um, we would just learn new things about you and be able to um, gain valuable insights from one another. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So we want to continue talking about uh, new age in the church. And uh, the way that it happens, because, you know, especially as believers and everything, Satan doesn't usually come to us with uh, tempting us to do crack or or tempting us to do prostitution or, or things of that nature. Basically, uh, Satan kind of works with you where you're at. And uh, it's the whole kind of frog in a, in, a, in a boiling pot of water kind of analogy where if the water's boiling and you put the frog in, the frog's gonna jump out, right? But they say, now I've never tried it, but they say that if you put a frog in, like the, the water when it's cool and turn up the heat, that and the heat goes up slowly, they say that the frog will sit there and die. So again, that's not something I've ever tried, but uh, we just take their word for it. <laughs> But, but essentially, that's how Satan works. And, and, you know, it was Hitler that said, if you tell people a lie enough times, sooner or later, they're going to believe it. And in the same way, I've seen, I've seen uh, people, men and women, who were, who, who were not attracted to another person, but that person kept on and kept on until finally they kind of um, gave in right and stuff and and so and that's exactly how how Delilah tempted Samson right and so basically how the enemy comes into the church is he broadcasts stuff enough times and widely enough and he he is like a sower that goes out and just sows seed everywhere hoping that so sooner or later someone's gonna you know gonna swallow one of those seeds or whatever and stuff and and to me that's how falsehood that's how um, false doctrine that's how all kinds of things come into the church is that someone will believe that and they'll begin to teach it and then someone else begins to teach it and someone else begins to teach it and pretty soon you've got all kinds of people believing it and uh so yeah um so that's kind of one of the reasons why we're teaching on this and uh the the new age movement as we know it now new age has been been along as you know as early as the Garden of Eden, right? There have always been false religions. There's always been things that are that have, have competed with God. There's always things that are kind of trying to take our hearts away from God to follow other gods, to follow other things and stuff. And, and so the New Age is not new in the first place, but the New Age as we know it kind of began in the 70s. In the 70s, there was this whole spiritual thing going on, all the, uh, all the upheaval, and a lot like what's going on right now, honestly. Um, the civil rights was going on, the protests against Vietnam and things like that. And in the midst of that, there was the Jesus movement, right? And the Jesus movement was, was pretty much a revival that happened in, in California where, where all these hippies were coming to Jesus. And a lot of what we see in the church today 
are an outcropping or or of what happened in the Jesus movement. Even a lot of the denominations like Maranatha and the Vineyard and uh, um, you know uh, denominations like that and stuff. And so, but at the same time, anytime when when people are stirred spiritually, anytime when when God is moving, Satan is also moving. So while while Jesus was moving and, and hippies are being saved and, and the Jesus movement's going on and all these people are, are coming to the Lord, at the same time, there was a revival of New Age. Uh, people were getting into uh, transcendental meditation. People were getting into yoga and karma and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and so basically what happens, and, and that's always happened in revival. It's, it's Jonathan Edwards wrote about it in his book, Religious Affection, in the 1700s. And also uh, um, Jesse Penn Lewis wrote a book in the early 1900s called uh, um, War, on War on the Saints. And these books were written to counteract all the crazy, weird stuff that was coming into the church when revival was coming into the church. And, and personally, that's why I favor Reformation over revival, personally. Because, like, you look in the whole Reformation, um, it was a spiritual move. And thousands, millions of people were turning to God, but it was more, it wasn't based on emotions. It wasn't based on uh, manifestations. It wasn't ba based on um, uh, religious excitement and things like that, which I'm not saying those are bad. Those are good things, but they have to be secondary. Um, the main thing about the Reformation was that it was a change of your mind and teaching people doctrine, teaching people scripture, and scripture was first and foremost. Um, everything else was secondary. Now, what what is happening a lot of times nowadays in revivals is that manifestations are first, and 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 emotions are are the the crux, and and those are the draws and things like that. And so again, I think that the the most important thing that we need is reformation. Uh, now, a little revival wouldn't be bad too, but from the main, from my perspective, the main thing that we need is reformation. We need to understand what the Word of God says and 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 study the Word of God. But then manifestations and emotions and all that can often follow the, that, the, right? It, yeah, the true revival. of course. And there, there will always be that. And I'm not saying again that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying where the emphasis is. And, uh, and, and the thing is, is all false religions, um, all false belief systems have truth in them. And you look at some of the famous people in history, Malcolm X, Gandhi, um, even Oprah. Sometimes they say really good things, right? But that doesn't mean that I am going to become a follower of them, right? And it doesn't mean that I'm going to believe everything that they say and just wholesale give myself over to them and stuff. I mean, uh, even false religions teach that Jesus was a good man. He was a holy man. Some of them teach he was a prophet. You know, some of them are like, well, he's a prophet along with Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith is just a little higher and things and stuff. And so the thing about falsehood and the thing that Satan strives to do is he'll give you truth, right? Um, he'll give you just enough truth to make you say, oh, you know, and he'll say Jesus enough. to It's like the coexist bumpers. You know, you've seen the coexist bumpers. They got all the signs and stuff and they got a cross in there, too. You know, it's like, oh, we coexist with every religion. We even coexist with Christianity. Well, true Christianity, they will not coexist with. 
And any time that, that you'll see um, New Agers or whatever and stuff, and they're saying all their stuff, if you come to them with the true gospel, you come to them with Jesus Christ as the only way to salvation, they will not coexist with you, right? Because that they believe that, well, God's in everything and everything's good and all religions are great, you know, as long as they don't claim to be the one true way and stuff. So... Um, it's uh, it's a little bit the hard down uh, nail down new age and stuff and and again with the new age there are varying degrees right it's like uh, martial arts I when I was young I used to do a lot of martial arts and I tried different ones and things uh, some of the martial arts you would go to they would they would be heavy into the mysticism right and they'd say well now you need now we need to take some time to meditate and clear our minds and all this stuff and then there were other ones where like like the 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 leader of the the uh, martial art or whatever or the teacher was like a Christian and so he, he would not have any of those right and in the same way there are there are a lot of believers who practice things like yoga right uh, a lot of believers practice meditation and things and those again can be varying degrees uh, some Christians uh, read their horoscopes I see on Facebook all the time where people do these name test things where you pick certain colors or whatever and stuff and it'll tell you what your dominant characteristics are or whatever and that's the same thing as a horoscope right I was born in September so that means that my my dominant characteristic is going to be this or that right so the the thing about it is is that a lot of us unwittingly are are a part of it to either lesser or to greater degree now again i don't think there's anything wrong with stretching right I, uh, stretching is a good thing we need to stretch it's good for our bodies amy's back probably wouldn't hurt if she stretched more but uh but you know what i'm saying and but you know one thing that we don't realize about like yoga in particular um you like a lot of the poses in yoga are are direct representations of hindu gods and when you put yourself in those poses you are you are kind of uh you you are you not uniting with that but you are um in a sense you're replicating that right and so in a way when you are when you are doing the poses some of the now all of the poses aren't like that right but some of the poses are are hindu gods and when you take that pose you're kind of becoming that god and stuff right and so again uh, you know for for a lot of people it, it it may be no nothing more than stretching or whatever but i'm just saying that that it affects us and the new age affects the world around us and some of it it touches us and we don't even realize it um and i just wanted to look at some of the things that are going on did you know that uh you guys have heard of ouija boards right yes have you got you guys have heard of ouija boards right christy yes. cindy have you okay um there is a thing that's called an angel board what and i'm gonna i'm trying have to find you heard it. of that cindy Okay, well, so when when I was a kid, uh, I knew somebody that had a Ouija board, and I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, not not much or whatever. Um, I can't find that article, but um, basically, what a Ouija board is is it it has yes, it has no on the top, and it's got 
numbers one through ten on the top and then it has all the letters of the alphabet and then they have this thing called a planchette which which is kind of a triangle shaped thing with a hole in the middle of it and you're supposed to put your fingers on it and ask questions and the spirits will direct you and it will give you answers right and the reason why so I found out being a Christian that this is bad and you're you're you know you're possibly allowing demon spirits to operate through you right and stuff and so a lot of us found out through because we're Christians or because we're associated with Christians that this is not a good thing to practice and so because of that people some smart person somewhere came up with the idea of well why don't we come up with angel boards and basically an angel board is the same exact layout except it has an angel standing on each side with their wings covering over it and it looks honestly like what you would think the ark of the covenant looked like right because you got an angel on each side and their wings are spreaded over and it's no different because you do the same exact thing with the planchette and you let the angel guide you and that's the thing there there in a lot of churches there is a lot of teaching on angels and we're not really going to get into that this time but hopefully next time we'll talk about that but there's a lot of teaching about angels and angels going out and ministering for us and angels going out and doing this and angels getting me this and angels getting me that and angels are my uh, ministers and and i pray and the, these angels and stuff and i communicate with these angels and they're my they do my bidding and things like that that is straight out of the new age and again we're not really going to talk about that a lot this time but but this whole thing this whole fascination with angels and angels doing our bidding there is no mediator between god and man except jesus christ angels are not here to do our bidding you know what i'm saying angels do god's bidding whatever god commands them they do it talks about in the book of uh uh, of Ezekiel how the angels go to and fro whenever the Lord wherever the spirit sends them that's where they go it doesn't say wherever we send them wherever men and and again the reason why I'm saying that because there are a lot of churches into this whole angel thing and angels are, are, are do our bidding for us and they're our servants and they go where we want them to go and they do what we want them to do I have to say something go ahead. so uh, Becca used to have a friend uh, in junior high who she she said she saw angels on a regular basis. It was a uh, we we all went to the same church. It was a vineyard church, I think. But anyway, she said she saw angels on a regular basis. I could physically see them, and she would talk about how and I just kind of her attitude towards them was so nonchalant and silly that I just had kind of had my doubts. But I, I wasn't sure. I'm not saying I'm not saying that somebody can't see them, but anyway. She would, I really started doubting when she started saying about how the angels would like during when she was in class would tickle her during class and distract her while she was trying to focus on the teacher. So that was just kind so, of a big red flag for me. So like, the angel is getting her to not obey the, the authorities over her. And she would start her. laughing and, uh, in class and all this stuff. Anyway, right. it was kind of weird. And again, this is stuff that the church is teaching. I've heard and read that demons actually do those things and that mask themselves as angels of light. Yeah. And so I've had my daughter had friends that were talking about their angels that they saw too. And, you know, I tried right. to let them know gently that I probably should have been more forceful, but, you know, that those were demons, not angels. Yeah. Um, and anyway, people get them confused, but yeah. demons actually do manifest themselves to some people and a little right. bit more likely with kids and 
don't right. know how to describe the difference or talk to your kids or just say, no, you're not seeing that, then you may miss an opportunity to teach them something valuable and right. teach them how to get rid of them and keep them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, again, teaching about like, I mean, people just like teaching about your guardian angels and stuff like that. Okay, there may be a scripture or two that might make it sound like, you know, okay, there are angels in heaven and stuff. Okay, well, that may be one thing. We may have angels surrounding us. We may have angels guarding over us. That's fine. That's great. But I'm not going to sit here and try to communicate with them or try to say, hey, I need a burger. Can you go get me a burger? (laughs) Right? Because, you know, again, they're not here to serve us. They're serving God. Um, while I was doing research for this, I, I saw an article about how this lady was talking about she was a Christian witch, you know, and, and, you know, and all this talk about, you know, there's white magic and black magic and all witchcraft is of Satan. All of it, right? And there is no such as a such thing, sorry, I can't speak. There is no such thing as a Christian witch. That's like saying I'm a Christian Satanist. It's, it, it just, it's an oxymoron. It cannot exist. It's like government efficiency, right? I mean, um, so, you know, and, and the thing is, is, and too, you know, just some of the things that, that have really, I've been really thinking a lot about. You know, have you ever noticed, like, in the Bible, it would talk about how they would go up to the high places to worship Molech and, the, and Asherah. They, they would have groves of trees where they would go to worship and stuff like that. Have you ever noticed how the New Age movement and, and New Age people gravitate towards nature? Like some of the most beautiful places in the world, Boulder, Colorado, um, uh, Sedona, Arizona, um, Taos, New Mexico and stuff. These are havens of Prescott, Arizona. These are some of the most beautiful places in the world and they are havens of new age and new age thought. You go there and it's just, it's all, that's all there is there and stuff. Um, you go to Boulder, you see all the, the, the Hindu flags and stuff, the pennants and stuff everywhere and stuff. And it's just, it's rampant and stuff. And, and all, you know, and it just occurred to me that this is Satan trying to steal God's creation, right? What did God create? God created everything. He created the Garden of Eden, which was perfect and beautiful. And we can, we can only imagine how awesome it was. And so I feel like it's all of this is Satan's attempt to steal what rightfully belongs to God, right? It's like the same thing as the rainbow, right? What is the rainbow? The rainbow was given to man from God after he judged the entire world and destroyed everybody on the world except for Noah and his family. And after he did that, God says, I'm going to make a covenant with you and this is going to be my sign that I will never destroy the world again through flood. And so, but the Bible does say that God will destroy the world through fire, right? So the whole thing is, is, is God was showing his mercy through the rainbow and showing his goodness and his kindness to mankind and his faithfulness to us, even when we're not faithful. And yet the LGBTQ has taken that as their banner. And that, again, is, in my opinion, is Satan's effort to take everything that God does and, and he doesn't destroy it, right? He just twists it. Okay, well, we're going to take this and use this for our purposes, right? Um, something else that I wanted to talk about, and this one, um, there's a website called ChristAlignment.org. 
And the reason why I'm talking about this is because these are Christians, okay? And they go to pagan festivals where pagans are meeting and they do uh, card, reading. card readings, which are the same thing as tarot cards, but they have Christian pictures on them. And they do card readings and they don't talk. They never say God. They never talk about uh, Jesus or anything. They say things like, don't just seek." And this is a direct quote from them. Don't just seek the spirit for an answer. Seek him from the, for a promise. And so they say spirit and they, they, you know, say things like that. They never say God. And they go to these things and they try to blend in. Well, the gospel says this is truth. This is lie. The gospel never, and Paul said, when Paul said, I become all things to all people in order to win some, that didn't mean that he became a pimp to win pimps. It didn't mean he became a drug dealer to win drug dealers. It didn't mean he became a prostitute to win prostitutes, right? And so the thing is, is you, when you're blending in to the point where you're not saying anything, you have watered down the gospel and it is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. They're not going to be saved because you're reading their fortunes. They're not going to be saved because you're telling their future. They're going to be saved because you preach the gospel of God to them. Um, kind of. So, so again, they have all these cards, and they're the same exact thing as tarot cards. It's the, they lay them out in the same amount and stuff, and, and they use these cards to tell you what your future is going to be. And this is supposed to be a Christian organization. They, they say that they are Christians, and they claim that they are a Christian organization. The thing is, is it's like if I draw a pentagram on the ground and I start saying satanic things and whatever and say, well, this is in the name of Jesus, right? Just because you put a dove or a fish on it doesn't make it Christian, right? And again, there, there, there are false, there are cults uh, uh, where women have, have gone out and slept with men in order to share their gospel with them. And it's the same thing. You cannot use Satan, cannot cast out Satan. Amen. Right? Amen. And that's what they're doing. And that's what they're, they're using Satan's stuff. And we're really going to talk about this next week. But they're using Satan's bag of tricks to try to cast out Satan. And it's not going to work. Amen. Only the power of God. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. There is no other. Now, um, yeah, okay. So I don't want to get off on the rabbit trail, but... Uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. And the thing is, is there are a lot of people who get caught up in this stuff because they don't have any discernment, they don't have any understanding, and they have no instruction in the Word of God. And that's the problem, again, with so many churches these days. So many churches, you can go to church and listen to sermon after sermon and never hear the gospel. You can listen to all kinds of stuff, and the Word of... I, you know what? When, when I was growing up, the preacher used to preach the Word of God. And he used to give scriptures and, and scripture after scripture and preach, this is the truth of God. Now you go to, buy, uh, you go to church, they'll have one scripture at the, be, at the be, very beginning of the sermon on, on, the, on the board or, you know, on, on the screen. And they'll have this one scripture and that's all they ever have. The preachers of the word of God are to be preachers of the word of God. 
That's what we are to do. We are to instruct the church. The fivefold ministry is to is for the purpose of teaching the equipping, ways of God. What's equipping the saints? And equipping the saints. And in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16, it says, Is this is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Look at the nation Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices sharers in the altar? What do I mean then? That a thing, so Paul is talking about meat sacrificed to idols. He says, what do I mean then? That a thing sacrificed to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? No, but I say that the things which the Gentiles, and I will put new agers here, the things which the Gentiles or New Agers sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. You see that? And so we can't take Satan's domain and use it for the things of God. I can't take witchcraft and say, well, just because I'm a Christian and because I've Christianized it, I can use witchcraft now. Right? Uh, turn to another place in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, Paul says, Do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? And that's the thing. You cannot take darkness and use it to drive out darkness. Demons, you can't use demons to drive out demons. Now, again, a lot of falsehood happens because, um, you know, I, I, well, again, I don't want to get on rabbit trails. It says, uh, verse 15, or what harmony has Christ with Belial or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever or what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said. I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Do you remember in the book of Acts how when all these people were getting saved, what was the first thing that they did? They took their magic books and their paraphernalia, and they put them in a big pile, and they burned them, right? They could have just as easily said, you know what, we're going to take these and we're going to use these things for the kingdom of God. All right? But they didn't. They burned them because they knew that there is this distinction between what is holy and what is profane, what is God's and what is Satan's. You cannot use Satan's stuff for the kingdom of God. Um... So some of the New Age beliefs, um, and again, these aren't everything, and, and this is just part of them, but, huh? but yeah, some of the New Age beliefs are that God is in everything, right? Which is in pantheism, which is basically pantheism. God is in this couch. God is in this guitar. God is in the trees. God, and that's one reason why they worship the trees and nature and stuff, because they believe that God is in everything, right? Um, they think they believe that all because God's in everything that all things are one. 
all energy is one. Everything is made out of energy. Everything is part of the same big pool of energy. The, uh, the rocks in my front yard are part of the same pool of energy that I'm from, and we just need to get in harmony with everything. We just need to somehow connect. I need to connect with this couch because this couch is in the same pool of energy that I'm in, right? And we're all one. Yes, couch potato. That's funny. We are all one and stuff. And and that's, again, what a lot of the unity stuff is. Like like we told you guys before when we were doing church in, in Utah, we had people from the unity church saying, yeah, we, we, we agree with you and we want to be a part of you. And I'm like, we cannot be a part of each other because what you believe is not what we believe, right? And so, there, again, there's this big push to, to all be together, all be one. We're all one. Um, another thing is that our minds create our reality. Again, if I pour hot coffee on my foot, if I believe enough, it won't burn me, Right? Mary Baker Eddy, again, believed that when she died, or she believed that she would never die, right? And stuff. And people believe that it's like the Matrix, you know, if you believe hard enough, you, you can dodge bullets and blah, blah, blah. Well, I have never met the person that's able to do that. Um, another thing that they believe is that one's own experiences validates his truth. In other words, it's true for me because I experienced it, Right? And, and if it happened to me, if, if I saw, if, and, and that's the thing, it's like, if I see an alien, then, then I automatically, automatically believe that it was an alien rather than, well, maybe that was uh, a trick of the devil, right? Or, and, and that's the thing. So we, and, and so it, it leads us to the thing, well, you have your truth. I have my truth. And, stuff. and what, what's true for you is not necessarily true for me. What's true for me is not necessarily true for me, for you. So let's just live and let live. The right? Mormons actually uh, teach, Mormons actually teach that after they come and preach at your house, that they ask you to, um, something like they ask you to pray and see if you can receive a sign of the Spirit. And if you feel the, the Spirit, it confirms the, it confirms the truth. Oh, yeah. That's, that's actually in the Book of Mormon. It says, it, when you read this, you know, you'll feel that burning in your bosom. That, that proves that it's from God. Well, just because I have a burning in my bosom, it might be heartburn. You know? <laughs> um, something else that they believe is that you are God. And so, because you're God, instead of looking out to Jesus, instead of looking up to God... You look inwardly to find your answers. And your answers are within yourself. And you create your own circumstances. You create your own whatever reality. and stuff. Your, your own reality. So, so you are God. And so if you don't like the way that your life is, all you have to do is you can change it with your mind. So, and again, so in, instead of looking outside to someone to a higher power, to someone who has more authority than I do, because I know that I can't change myself, that there is no good thing within me, it makes me look inward and think that I'm something that I'm not, right? And not only that, but if I'm God, then my ego is going to be up to heaven, right? Because if I'm God, who are you to tell me anything, right? I am the master of my destiny. I am the captain of my ship.
Thanks for listening to the introduction of Dean's teaching on the Little God's Doctrine. Um, We will complete this teaching next week's podcast. You'll get all the in-depth scriptures that you need to uh, gain an understanding on this topic. Um, If you haven't heard of the Little God's Doctrine, um, it's a doctrine that's kind of creeping into the church. Sometimes it's very obvious, and sometimes it's kind of covered in things like we have the power to name and claim our destiny or... Uh, the divine within or things like that. A lot of these things have new age roots. Um, and so we're just going to kind of dive into that scripturally speaking of also what what are the things we need to be looking out for in the church? And then what does the scriptures actually say about these things? Um, do we have the same exact nature as God or are we submitted to God? Um, do we have the power with our words to create anything that we want? Or are we submitted to the will of God? So there's just several questions there, several um, things that you need to be aware of in the body that are kind of creeping in and how to look for those things and discern and then how to scripturally defend your faith. So we will go through lots of scriptures. Um, I think you'll really enjoy the message. I've had the pleasure of already hearing it. It was very good. And I grew a lot from this message um, just in my own faith and understanding. So I really encourage you to listen next week. We'll have the rest of this message posted on the podcast Um, where we're going to really dive in deep next week. So um, hang in there and and check in with us next week for this in-depth topic that I think you'll really get a lot out of. Thanks a lot.